Welcome to Tony Steak Podcast. Welcome to the Tony Steak Podcast, episode 241. I'm Sean, and joined with me, we have Off-Road Andy. Hello. Thank you for tuning in. Hit that subscribe button, share with a friend, and listen to our sports podcast after this. Got a lot to get into today. We're going to kick it off with a news story from uh, the other side of the planet. Uh, Australia, Andy. Are you familiar with them? Yeah, down under. Yeah. Well, Sydney in particular just ended a 106-day lockdown. Uh, Residents who have been vaccinated are now allowed to get a haircut, go to a bar, visit a shopping center, and go beyond five kilometers from their home. Uh, So that's pretty exciting. Um, My initial thought was, do you remember like um, Crocodile Dundee? Sure. I never watched it, but I understand it. Never seen Crocodile Dundee? Nope. Even the one where it comes to L.A.? Definitely not that one. Oh, Andy, did you not have a childhood? (laughs) You wore cowboy boots and you watched Crocodile Dundee. Uh, Well, anyway, I guess the background on that story, the movie, if you're not familiar, is it's kind of a badass. He's from down under. He's not afraid of spiders, even if they're the size of him and that kind of a deal. He's a man's man. Um, So it's just funny that it's like, oh, Australia is so afraid of this thing. They they locked everyone in their homes for 106 days. It's not very Crocodile Dundee-esque, if you ask me. It's uh, very much the opposite, in fact. Expect that from, like, Canada, but not Australia. I thought that was quite bizarre. Well, they didn't get any vaccines forever because of, like, shipping or something. Yeah, you know, I get that. They're international shipping takes way forever. around the world. I still yeah. and I'll get there. I still haven't gotten a FedEx package from last week, so I'll get there. But I just thought that was bizarre that they're still doing lockdowns over there. I know also New Zealand is just completely off the rocker with it. Uh, like they had one case there a while ago and they just shut the whole place back down. Like, it's insane. So yeah. congratulations to them for uh, opening up their haircut places now. But, and I think they, they've done like the back and forth where it's like, all right. And then, oh, no, no, everyone back, everyone back, everyone back. So that's hard to live with. Yeah. I mean, I like, can only I'm going to go to the movies and you, know, you buy tickets and you're like, no. Fake out. We're doing a 12 hour lockout to go back. <laughs> Got to slow the spread for 12 hours. They also just call that nighttime sometimes, Andy. Yeah. In Utah. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, uh, yeah. I, so as I mentioned briefly and yesterday or last week, rather, I went on my rant about how uh, awful shipping people have been lately. So to catch you up, uh, believe it or not, and I believe it was the United States Postal Service one that was somehow shipped from like a city of industry to Arkansas. That actually got to me first out of the Amazon packages, the FedEx package and uh, the United States Postal Service. So the Amazon packages never came. They just they canceled themselves or I had to cancel them. Uh, it was very ridiculous. The FedEx package is still like it got realigned. They drove it back from at the time. I think it was in Wyoming. They drove it back down. It landed in Sacramento and then uh, went to somewhere like Bakersfield area and is lost again. Uh, that was as of Thursday of last week. 
uh, has been scanned again since. So I expect it to be like, ah, oh, it's in, uh, you know, Nome, Alaska. Um, I've actually complained to the company and they're sending me new stuff. So, um, good job, uh, federal express. Uh, but I was also quite surprised that USPS was the one that really got their, their shit together and facilitated, uh, that because literally i think it was like the next day or two later that i got the package that remember i think at the time it was in arkansas so yeah um and then i ordered new things on amazon over the like on friday or something and they swore they're like yeah we'll get it to you by friday or by saturday at uh i think 10 p.m I was like, all right, well, I'm going to try it. And worst case, I'll go to the grocery store and get the, I think there were batteries that I needed and plates or something. And it says they were both delivered at like, you know, 345 or something. It's like, well, there's nothing at the door. There was no photo. So I go down to our little mail room, nothing there. Go back upstairs. And uh, I'm like, well, maybe the guy scanned everything in his truck. And it's like, all right, it's delivered and it'll be at your house and you five, 10 minutes as I get around to him. So wait a half hour, open the door, nothing. I go downstairs to the the garage level where the uh, mailboxes are nothing. And I'm like, God damn it. What am I even bothering with? I was literally like, I'm canceling all of this stuff. Like it's such a waste. Uh, I start walking down the stairs to the first floor and uh, there's a bench right there. And the guy basically just dumped everything on this bench for all, like this entire little community where we are. And, uh, that's where it was. So good job, Amazon. You're doing, yeah. you're doing a good job. I get it's overwhelming, but it's also part of the job to deliver it somewhere. Don't, and also take a photo is the really nice feature they do so that you know where that somewhere is. Like if they did put it at the wrong house, you can identify the floor mat that they have or you're screwed. And so luckily I walked past that on my way to the grocery store. Cause had I not, I would have been very upset shipping nasty. All right, Andy, you ready to talk about that 70s show? Wait, no, scratch that, that nineties show. Uh, I think we have to, everyone's talking about it. Yeah. They realize this is basically sounding to me like, uh, that show we liked. Everything sucks. Uh, I mean, every, there's going to be a lot of, yeah, nostalgia shows. We're at that time. Yeah, I mean, there's, uh, there's already been '80s ones, including uh, that '80s show. Remember that one from lasted about five episodes. No, they tried was that, to. That was real. <clears throat> yeah, they tried to make one uh, during the the run of that '70s show, mm-hmm. uh, starring Glenn Howerton uh, of "It's Always Sunny." Interesting. Uh, I think it, it got canceled right away because me and then like Stranger Things. Yeah, people weren't ready for it yet. It was too early. You got to wait. So it's been it's not been twenty years since the nineties ended. That's when you gotta that's when you do it. You gotta wait it's twenty years. Um so some of these maybe some of these shows were too early on the nineties thing. And like also we're getting um the impeachment Clinton that's in the nineties right. and yeah. the nostalgia in there is great. The caller ID, for instance, that little like standalone thing that you plugged your phone wire into and then from there your phone. Yeah. We had those. Yeah. So yeah, it's the right time. Yeah, and so I think this has confused people. Like, like I said, everyone's been hearing about this in some way. Even my my parents were like, "Wow, but how is it?" It's like, no, it's it's gonna be the nineties. And it's like, no, it's not. It's not uh, Eric Foreman in it. It's it's just his parents 
as grandparents now. Um, they even said that the character, the main character, will be Eric Foreman's daughter, Leia Foreman, which is a it's a good reference to uh, that character's love of Star Wars. So that's pretty good. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's supposed to be set in I think '95, and so she'll be a young teenager, and we'll run into a cast of new uh, teenagers and. I don't know how much the original people will even be in it, but uh, it's coming to Netflix, which is different. It's like it sounds such like a oh, this will be on this will go on Fox again and it'll be a, a, a dumb sitcom. They don't do shows on there anymore. <laughs> like, Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, Netflix does have dumb sitcoms, but I'm also like thinking like it's like, oh, and also this person will be a drug dealer and they'll be yeah, they go a little DEA darker. or something. Yeah, it's like it's it's going to be halfway mixed with Snowfall. Yeah, I just I don't picture Netflix doing like silly stuff, but they I guess they do. They did Fuller House. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So they have done stuff like this before. I don't know. I think it's just it's a sequel. It's a way that you have a built in audience. Most likely people are aware of it. There's a buzz around it because of this. If this was, you know, the show, everything sucks. No one talked about that. We didn't talk about it until we watched it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's it's probably a cynical to say like, yeah, that's how people are is they. It's easy to get people into something they they know already, but uh, it doesn't mean it's going to be bad. It could be bad, yeah, uh, but I'm, I'm more than willing to, to give it a chance. I, I liked the parents' characters, and it's one of those shows where uh, they were great when you were a kid watching it, like, oh, the, the overbearing parents, and then you watch like a rerun of it now, and you're like, oh, yeah, those parents were, they were the correct characters. Like, he was not, he was not a bad dad. He was a great dad. He was... He was tough but fair. We just didn't see it. Yeah. When we were nine. Yeah. yeah I, th- I never I really think... got into that show. I definitely have seen, you know, yeah, multiple episodes, but I wasn't around in the 70s. <laughs> yeah, I think I was part of it. As you watched it, like I watched it with my parents, I think for the first couple years or something, they could point out stuff. And then, yeah, I don't, I definitely didn't watch it all the way through. It's one of those shows where like people would leave and then like, uh, Ashton Kutcher would be like, I'm too famous now. I was in Dude, Where's My Car? So yeah, I'm going to take off. It's like, all right. Then they replace him with somebody you don't even know. And then it's just, at the end, it's just Wilmer Valderrama. And it's just yeah. his show. And you're like, all right, why would I watch this? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he was the uh, Kramer of their show. I sure. Suppose. Well, fun. And when does that come out? Because it's Netflix, probably, it's yeah, already out. Next, no, I probably next year at some point. But okay, um, and uh, they'll drop it all at once, like they they always do. Oh, of course. Yeah. All right. Well, tell us about Steve Carell's new show coming to FX. Yeah, Steve Carell. Uh, after he he left the office to be in movies, he's he's back in TV. Uh, did the uh, Space Force show? He did the Morning Show. Uh, he's got another new thing coming out, uh, coming to FX from the the creators of the Americans. So that's exciting for me. I think that show is great, and they they haven't done anything since. But uh, this is it's called The Patient, and it's uh, Steve Carell as a psychologist who is kidnapped by a serial killer because uh, the serial killer wants help from him, and uh, kind of a high concept there. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> But I trust I trust these people, you know. I trust Steve Carell. He, yeah. he definitely likes to do different things now. He likes to be uh, like flawed guys, you know. Yeah. He, he 
will be the bad guy. He doesn't mind being the bad guy or he doesn't, he doesn't want to be Michael Scott in anything again. It seems like even with the, the space force show where it kind of has a premise of like, Oh, this could be like the office. And like, he's like, no, my character's going to be nothing like Michael Scott. Sorry. Or yeah, well, Rick. why would you want to do it again? Then that's just yeah. getting typecast. So I think this is even like he's got range, is, Andy. This is a pretty far direction from that. So, although maybe the serial killer will be played by uh, Kevin, the fat guy, right? Oh, <laughs> that'd be good. Yeah, would he talk like he talked in the show? He has to. Yeah. And then he maybe he was a Scranton Strangler. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was I did see that comment where it's like it said that's who it would be. It would be uh, Toby would be the serial killer. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Well, very good. We'll definitely give that a, a chance. Uh, here's an unusual one. And I don't know how many people are aware of the first one or who have even seen it. But Hellraiser getting a new uh, new movie. Uh, for Hulu. Yeah, so Hellraiser is one of those horror movies where I think they've made 10 of them somehow. Where they were just all like direct to DVD like shit after like the first couple. Yeah. Where they're just like, oh, people know what this is. We'll just put it out. See, people will see it on Blockbuster and be like, oh, Hellraiser 8. All right, whatever. It's Halloween. Uh, but they are they want to do it right this time. So they have the, the author, Clive Barker, still around. He's going to be involved in the production. Uh, one of the big changes here. We'll see how it goes. Uh, so Pinhead will be played by an actress named Jamie Clayton. So uh, a woman playing this character, which I guess in the the original book was a genderless character. So but in the the movie that 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 that's the iconic character of the movie. That's that's what on every cover is Pinhead with all with the nails coming out of his head. That's a shame. Isn't his line like we'll tear your soul apart? Yeah, it's weird, weird movie. Uh but the other thing about Jamie Clayton is she's a trans woman. So you, you're you getting double of going out there of like, all right. Oh, we're, we're changing the gender of this character. Oh, but then also it's a transgender person. It's like, all right, they're they're trying to <laughs> they're trying to get somebody upset in some way. Um, but so I'm, I'm not familiar with this actress. I'm sure she's good at her job. Um, but the, the story itself is such a weird story that it it could be good with some good production values modern production values so uh, i'm definitely interested in it so uh probably will be out next halloween for hulu uh mm. i looked up the director he did the movie the ritual for netflix a few years ago which i really liked whoa uh and a couple other horror things so it seems like he's a, a veteran horror director so all right yeah that's something to look forward to next year could be interesting yeah. All right. So there's a Netflix movie. I'm assuming about the origins of Netflix. No. Oh boy. What is? Where did you get that from? <laughs> well, I don't know anything about it other than okay. Netflix okay. movie. Okay. I was like, what? Did we get something crossed over? Uh, no. There's a there's a Netflix movie uh, coming out that had some good buzz coming in, like when this was being in, in pre-production. Like, oh, this could be an Oscar contender. It's called Blonde, and it's a, a biopic about uh, Marilyn Monroe. It's uh, starring Anna de Armas, who uh, from Knives Out and uh, the new Bond. The new James Bond movie. Yeah, so she's a she's a uh, a hot actress right now. Um, and this looked like a a, a big project for Netflix, and uh, 
the director, Andrew Dominic, who he made Killing Them Softly and The Assassination of Jesse James. Two really good movies, but he hasn't made a movie since Killing Them Softly, which has been almost 10 years now. Uh, so he he's making a new movie. That's that's cool. He's he's a a director that a lot of people like that look into that stuff. Uh, but there were some some rumors a couple months ago that things weren't going that well with this. I mean, it's already been made and in shot and everything, but in some screenings. Uh, well, it came out that it got rated NC seventeen, which is basically like a death blow to a movie. Like you can't be rated NC seventeen. No theaters will put it in there. Yeah, and so Netflix. But. I assume it is going to go to theaters, like so that they can get nominated and that kind of crap. But so that, that also means the, they're not going to get any nominations, right? So that was the intent originally. So it's like this can't be NC seventeen because then we can't get Oscar consideration. Uh, but I don't know whether Netflix decided well this wasn't going to win any awards anyways, or they just didn't want to fight the director on it. But uh, they're just going to go ahead and put it out as is and not make any changes to get it under to to an r so that's i don't i doubt there's anything nc17 on netflix ever well Uh, you know because adrian brody he's such an artist you you know the dude hangs dong yeah so that could the only explanation (laughs) is this is going to be a sexually explicit movie uh because it's not going to be it's not a slasher movie you know so i think that only makes us more intriguing (laughs) like you have to see like what like Remember there was that other thing that was on Netflix too, right? Where it was like uh, the buzz was like, oh, this was banned. You couldn't even see this only in France or something like that. Oh, where they like actually like did it. Yeah. So it was like, I think it was called love. So like that, this could, this could be some good, uh, you know, bad publicity is good publicity sometimes, you know? Yeah. I'm still looking forward to this. I don't know when it's going to come out. If they don't care about awards anymore, then they don't have to put it out this year. They can put it out sometime next year, which it says 2022 is all. Yeah, according to Wikipedia, it says 2022. But I mean, the movie's already been it's done. You know, they could put it out anytime they want. Yeah. So if they're they decided now that actually we're not going to cut anything. So maybe they're CGIing hair over, you know, her butt (laughs) like they did. uh, Yeah. That mermaid movie for Disney. Well, no, it sounds like. And maybe the director's just like, yeah, fuck that. This is my movie. Sometimes they have the right to do that. Yeah. Because, I mean, Netflix is sometimes desperate. To, I mean, you saw like the the Christopher Nolan deal that we talked about a couple weeks ago where it was like uh, Universal gave him everything he wanted. So um, that sometimes happens. Netflix wants to get big projects from big directors. So Yeah, they needed to lock it down. Yeah. Well, speaking of Christopher Nolan, uh, Killian Murphy is uh, confirmed to be in his new movie, which uh, comes as no surprise. Yeah, he seems to be in everything he does, but he's going to be the lead character in this. So it's uh, about Oppenheimer, one of the, the creators of the atom bomb. So uh, maybe we'll be talking about that one about reward season uh, yeah. next year. 2023 is all that one says. Yeah. So, I'm already uh, excited. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping for a uh a simple concept, you know, like just no space lasers or anything like that. Just well, come on. Of course there's gonna be Is, some craziness. He's gonna fold the earth and you know, he's yeah. he only works upside down in water, but he David figured out Bowie's how to breathe under there. Appear and show him about time travel, and you're like, What? Yeah, it's exactly. Like, what the fuck? 
Well, exciting. I I don't think, and it's unfortunate for him, I suppose, but at the same time, I think he enjoys it. He shouldn't be allowed to not work. What? Nolan. I think we should, he shouldn't be allowed to have any time off. Oh, yeah. When he finishes a project. like Yeah, just right. You know he next. has like 14 things he's already yeah. decided aren't good enough yet, and like, but they're probably better than everyone else's stuff. Mm-hmm. You like to be on the, like the phone call with, you know, his writing team or, you know, friends that help him come up with this shit. Like, all right, so here's an idea of space, but yeah, the Joker is going to be there. Like, Oh my God, I'm so in. Um, all right. Yeah. And more will come. Probably we'll see, uh, some other familiar faces in there too. Okay. Well, there's a new bad guy for guardians of the galaxy. Number three. Yeah, so this is a, a 2023 movie, so don't don't be looking for it soon. But uh, they did announce today that Adam Warlock will be the the, the main villain here for Guardians of Galaxy Galaxy Three, uh, played by Will Poulter, who uh, like five years ago it seemed like he was a real up and comer, but hasn't been in a whole lot of things since. He was a uh, from uh, We're the Millers, a really good comedic performance. It was like the first thing he was in, and then he was in The Revenant, and it's like, oh, this this kid's good. Uh, but this is this is a big role, so. Adam Warlock is kind of like a, a pretty big character in the Marvel like space stuff. So they've been hinting at him for a while that like, oh, eventually that's going to he's going to have to get announced because he's such an important character to Marvel. So uh, I don't know anything about it. I don't read the comic books. But uh, if people who do know what they're talking about are excited about this, then that means it's a big deal. So uh, I, I like that actor. I'm happy for him. And I think James Gunn will get good shit out of him. So. Very good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, last little news story. David Gordon Green is working for uh, Disney Plus on a new project. Yeah, this is a, a strange little shift for him. So he's um, he's the director of the Halloween movies, including the the Halloween movie that comes out this week, and then also the the final one, which will come out next year. I uh, also frequent collaborator of Tanny McBride. He directs episodes of uh, Righteous Gemstones and all the other shows he's done. But now he's his next announced project is a movie for Disney Plus about the creation of Disneyland. So I'm sure about uh, Walt Disney and, you know, his daughters and what inspired him to to make Disneyland and all that stuff, which is what been well documented, but in you know documentary form, not fiction movie. So uh, that's supposed to be for 2023 as well. So there hasn't been any like casting, but that'll be something to look, look at. Um, yeah, but Disney plus, uh, I don't, I wonder what that means for like scope of that movie, you know, maybe, maybe in two years from now, like there won't be any movie theaters, so everything will be on Disney plus. Yeah, quite possible. So, <laughs> we'll see. Probably well, also no uh, decapitations in that movie. Yeah. It's, it's a weird, it's a weird choice. It's like, are they going to say like from the director of pineapple express and your highness yeah. comes <laughs> like, <laughs> What? Yeah, well, he's expanding his profile. Yeah, or it's a or it's a nice paycheck. Yeah, it's probably a little bit of both. Maybe yeah. free uh, Disney tickets for life or something. Yeah, yeah, they can't very do important. that. But all right, well, very fun. We're gonna get into what we've been watching, but before we do, that portion of the pod is brought to you by our good friends at thecliplessleash.com. 
head over to thecliplessleash.com to pick up the dog leash you didn't know you needed. This thing works with your dog's current collar or harness. And if you plug in promo code Tony, that is T-O-N-Y at checkout, you're going to get 65% off the dog leash, like I said, you didn't know you needed. So head to thecliplessleash.com and pick up the dog leash you've been waiting for. Plug in promo code Tony at checkout for 65% off. All right, Andy, how many things do you have? Well, I've got four. I've got three. Okay. Uh, well, then I'll just take this first one. Uh, continuing to watching the Nightmare on Elm Street series. So, Oh, wow. I watched uh, four and five. So uh, last week I talked about three, which was really good. And then I think that four and five were got silly. And uh, that's that's definitely true. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 4 has some crazy special effects. They're really creative and everything, but it is just like stupid and uh, in a lot of ways. But it has some 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 weird death scenes that are that are fun. Like these movies turn into comedies at this point. Where, uh, but then the fifth one is 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 worse. Where they they f- decide like well. Maybe we'll just make the plot convoluted and somehow Freddy will be able to kill people. They don't have to fall asleep. Like he can make them turn the reality into stuff before they fall asleep. And it's like, why? Like, just, I don't know. But there's just like weird shit of like a guy going into a comic book. And you're like, you just stole that from that music video. <laughs> um, and like a guy turns into a motorcycle at one point, like he gets fused with the motorcycle. And it's like, and that can is, happen anywhere. This is insane. Like this is, Really stupid, but still fun for me. Not for everyone, I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, not not good in any way. Um, we'll see how. Uh, I think there's two more movies for me to watch here. Um, not counting Freddy versus Jason, which I don't know if that counts. It's part of mm-hmm. the real series, does it? I don't or think else? so. Yeah. All right, you ready for one of mine? Yep. I watched recently released on Netflix. Antoine Fuqua directed Jake Gyllenhaal stars the guilty. So he's a, uh, a cop who is uh, working a, uh, a shift at uh, a dispatch because uh, you come to find out, well, maybe he, he has some sort of court date tomorrow and then he should be back on, you know, in his squad car kind of a thing. So he's not good at being a dispatcher. You know, he, people are calling in. It, it, you're seeing this all over the place, by the way, like COVID style movies where it's like we can only have three people on uh, on the set. We got to roll something. So we're going to do these movies now. He's the whole thing is in the dispatch room uh, and he's talking to people over the phone. Uh, still a, a decent movie, decent idea um, and still had a good cast. So uh, bare, very briefly, it has. Paul Dano uses a phone call. Bill Burr, Ethan Hawke, which I can think comes kind of as no surprise. Yeah. Peter Skarsgård, and then obviously Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, but he takes multiple calls, and then finally gets a call from a lady. It sounds like she's being abducted. She's kind of you know being vague and. You know, it sounds like she's holding the phone like like she's talking like up to her ear while she's in a car and uh, you know is pretending to talk to her kid kind of a thing. And so he gets engulfed in this trying to help. He's calling CHP. He's calling you know anyone he can to try and get this thing kind of taken care of and takes up takes place of the whole movie. And uh, 
there's a twist at the end uh, that I saw coming. Um, it's definitely not the most unique uh, or original kind of a thing. It's, but it's it's good. It's worth watching. It's an hour and a half. Um, and it's funny. And at, at also, it's one of those things where it's like, well, he uh, he unloads on you at the end of it as to what he's dealing with and why he's freaking out, you know, and kind of short tempered and this and that. And uh, yeah, it's not bad. Antoine Fuqua. I didn't know this Netflix movie. Yeah, I, I, I think it just came out in like August or something. All right. Well, uh, next shot in 11 days in October. Oh, okay. So there you go. Yeah, that is quick. I think that's why they're able to, you get people because everyone was. Yeah. I mean, Paul Dano is literally one phone call for 25 seconds. All right. Well, well, next up for me, a new, a new show, but also an old show uh, on CBS called CSI Vegas, which is just Andy. The original CSI, or not not necessarily the original CSI, but it's featuring characters from the original CSI, which was just called CSI, uh, but back in Vegas again. Uh, so this was this was billed as like uh yeah a, a return of some of the original characters, but also a like a short series, uh, like a one a one mystery thing rather than solve a crime every week, which is what CSI does. Uh, but it looks like after watching one episode, it's going to be. One season-long mystery, but they'll also solve some crimes along the way. Uh, that's I think that's what made CSI was so good was just the showing the details of solving the crimes, and it's probably all bullshit. But like they always would focus on like recreations and all the lab work and all that kind of stuff. And very so fun. It's, it's it's the same. It's the same thing, but uh, it's it's cool. They got they got William Peterson back, and that's kind of why I wanted to watch it, and especially if it's only a short series and. It's like I'm not gonna watch ten seasons of twenty episodes of CSI ever again in my life, but you know I can come back for a short series. So I'll see how that uh, turns out. So that's on it's on CBS and Paramount, of course. I think it was oh. I think it was supposed to be just for Paramount Plus, and they're like, actually, people love CSI. We'll put it on CBS. Those yeah, old people, the people what they want. Yeah. All right, I watched on HBO Max. From 2001, Robert De Niro, Edward Norton, Angela Bassett, and Marlon Brando, one of his last films as he passed away just a few years later, the score. Now, uh, it's have you seen this, Andy? Are you familiar? I feel like I did, but I don't know. So uh, an aging yeah. thief hopes to retire and live off his ill-gotten wealth when a young kid convinces him into doing one last heist. Now, uh, what I took from this at the end of the movie is this is the Italian job, which came out three years later, uh, just starring Robert De Niro instead of, uh, you know, Donald Sutherland and Mark Wahlberg. Um, it's great. It's good. It's, uh, you know, safe cracking and, uh, high stakes and, uh, it's 2001, so put it to you this way, uh, I guess. Uh, Ed Norton has to f- become someone else to infiltrate a place uh, and get a job there kind of a thing, and uh, I don't think he'd be allowed to do that in this sensitive day and age. Uh, but 2001, it's fine. Um, it's good. There's twists, there's turns, there's curves. I enjoyed it. 
it's two hours, four minutes. And uh, like I said, it's streaming on HBO Max. Come on, Ed Norton, Robert De Niro, and Marlon Brando. Oof. I'm all in. I'm, I'm reading about this movie. This is some funny behind the scenes stuff. So right away, I see directed by Frank Oz. Like, well, yeah, that weird. is weird. So there are no Muppets in this either. <laughs> well, it says during production, Brando repeatedly called Frank Oz Miss Piggy. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, Marlon Brando was already like a, a disaster to work with like 10 years before that. And like everyone hated him. Mm-hmm. So I can only imagine he was just very difficult. Hmm. I don't know why I feel like I've seen this, but I don't know. There are probably a lot of like crime movies from that era that I watched. When you go to like Video K, remember Video K? Oh yeah, it was a really cheap video store. You just I don't know. Here's a uh, something that, uh, to go off of your point. Marlon Brando refused to smile in his last scene in this movie, so his ever so slight smile was added digitally in post production. <laughs> good stuff during breaks marlon brando would walk around the set naked because of the warm weather where the film was being shot yeah that's remarkable yeah i mean he's a guy who he's he really like was like i have nothing to prove i'm gonna do what i want you gotta respect it yeah he's an actor he was but yeah check it out if uh if you like those kinds of movies all right I don't even know if I've seen that on there, but was it on the like just came on or something just added? Probably, yeah. although every now and then I will scroll and just look up like action films or, you know, yeah. uh, thrillers or things like that. And I, I look at the name of it and then who's in it on the cover and then yeah. I'll die. I'll go further and, and see if it's worth putting on my list. Yeah. Okay, well, the next thing I got here, uh, just an update on a show I'm watching, the Midnight Mass on on Netflix. So I've watched three out of six, and uh, I think it's getting better every week. And I I feel like Netflix missed an opportunity with this show. So Netflix drops all their stuff at once, and they've debated whether they should maybe have some shows be week to week. This show would have been perfect for week to week because it always ends with a little bit of a reveal of something or some sort of mystery. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it'll be perfect for like online discussion. Whereas like now the show has been out for like three weeks. I couldn't, I couldn't even find out like anything because it's already over and everyone's already done their analysis of the entire series. Yeah. And so you miss out on that. Like, like when I watched like uh, mayor of East town on, HBO this year, there after every week there'd be people like having their own theories of like, well, I think this person did this thing. And it's like you can't have that if you just drop the whole show. Because I'm sure there are people who probably watched like the entire series before it even got here on the West Coast or something. It's like Yeah. You have like so. nerds like watching it at like one and a half times speed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think it's this show would have been perfect, especially what happened in, in the end of episode three. It's like, oh my God, that's crazy. Um, but what it's already over for most people. So I yeah, do wonder you do, if, you do miss that with, with Netflix. They don't give you yeah. that opportunity. I do wonder if they will eventually change because everyone else does weekly. Now that, now that Disney Plus came out and they're like, no, our shows are weekly. We want people to be talking about them all the time. Uh, Hulu uh, decided to do like, we'll drop a few up, up front and then it'll be weekly. Uh, yeah. They give you three off the bat. Yeah. So I think, 
Netflix is the is the stranger here with this. So I like the three off the bat because that gives you enough to really get invested into it versus like, ah, yeah, I'll get to the second episode, you know, maybe three weeks later. Yeah. And you can. Yeah, you could catch up if you're. You could like, oh, I'll start it if I start it two weeks later and I can watch five episodes over the course of a week and then I only have four more weeks to 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 watch rather than having to like go 13 weeks of the same thing. Mm-hmm. So, but I think I think the HBO stuff worked out. The two shows from earlier this year that they had, uh, Mayor of Easttown and The White Lotus, where people were talking about those shows every Sunday night. They were on the internet. People that gets people to watch it. Whereas the conversation about Midnight Mass, it's, it's over. Like, it's like there's very slow word of mouth. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I guess I shouldn't tell them how to run their business. They they're successful. Yeah. All right, you ready for my last one? Yeah, I watched also on HBO Max from 2005, Tim Burton's Corpse Bride. Um, getting into, you know, the season and all that fun stuff. And uh, also, which was surprising, this movie is only like an hour, 15, hour, 17. Um, Johnny Depp is a claymation man who's a shy groom and uh with a couple of twists and turns accidentally activates like a spell, which makes this lady come to life who was dead in in the ground. And she's a corpse bride. And so they go into the underworld and there's, you know, funny dead old people, not old, but dead people. And uh, they sing songs because it's, you know, Tim Burton deep. Roy is in this. Uh, You, he's the little guy who's in like Charlie in the chocolate factory is one of the Oompa Loompas. He's also in uh, Eastbound and down uh, when they go to Mexico. And uh, I mean, he, he's not in it himself, but his voice is, and you can, he's got a really very uh, recognizable voice. Uh, Danny Elfman, of course, is in it and uh, fun trivia here. So he plays uh, character Bo Jangles. Well, I, I said that wrong. Let me... Bone. Jangles. Yeah. Okay. Pretty Perfect. good. Uh, well, the voice he had to do was so hoarse that he pretty much jacked up his voice while doing these scenes uh, I'd read. But it's fine. It takes a little while to get going, but there's some wonderful piano in there, actually. And uh, the songs are OK. I mean, it's definitely not as good as A Nightmare Before Christmas. But if you like it, it's kind of a play off of that in a way. Um, it's fine. Yeah. And hour 17, it's short. Where where was that on? HBO Max. Oh, it's on HBO, okay. I'm trying to think, is that a... I don't know, that's not a Disney thing or anything. No. All so, right, well, yep. I've got my last thing, and it is uh, very weird, and uh, it's unavailable as of today, actually, so... Oh, good job. Uh, it's uh, Malignant. It's one of the uh, the HBO uh, yeah. Max day and date things, but... 30 days of as of yesterday but uh how that works is i think they all come back four months later maybe three months later way after the so, season though yeah but you could watch this movie anytime i don't think it's that it's halloween scary it's a horror movie but it's not that halloween like i would say but but still uh, it's like i'm not watching i don't know well you could so this this probably will be back like in january um <laughs> So yeah, it's a it's a horror movie. It's it's James Wan who you know did Saw and The Conjuring and Insidious, so kind of like a, a horror movie legend. But he he wanted to 
not make a franchise film because he's the other movies he's making right now. He's doing the Aquaman series. So he wanted to. Uh, it's like, hey, I'll do Aquaman and then I get to do my own weird movie. Uh, and it is very weird. It is not what it appears to be or tries to appear to be. Like if you watch the trailer uh, and that's kind of like all I'd want to give away. And that's uh, it's something something a little different. It's. It's still well made. You could see that there's there's budget in here, but it's still very much a a B movie, like inspired by that. It is it is, but it has a budget, but it's also got some of the that weirdness to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm I'm I enjoy I enjoyed what it was. Uh, I think it from a good chunk of the movie, it's pretty played pretty straightforward and, and is well made. And then it gets maybe goes off the rails, and I enjoyed that part of it as well. So. I'm glad something like that exists, but I do wonder what this would have, if this was just an only theaters thing, people are like, oh, I'm going to go see the movie by the Conjuring guy, uh, what the reactions would be, because it's like, what the hell did I just watch? But that's good. I like that kind of stuff. So I think if you're curious, it's it's definitely interesting that it exists. That's what I'll say. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. But again, it's not a Halloween movie in any way. It's there's no pumpkins in it. So. I know, but the theme of it is supposed to be spooky, is it not? Yeah. Yeah, so I just I, I get into that in this season of Halloween. Not in January when I'm watching I'm just coming off of my high of watching Daddy's Home Two forty one times yeah. for the season. And I'm saying it's acceptable to watch this movie in March or June or any of the other months. But if you don't uh, want to, it's your choice. I'll catch it maybe next year. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else to add? Uh, no. I, not not with that. I don't want to say any more. Very good. All right. Well, you've been listening to episode 241 of the Tony Steak Podcast. I'm Sean. And joined with me, we had Off-Road Terrifier Andy. Thank you. We'll see you later.